Here's the problem. Your organization will give you the title, the pay, and the people, but they won't necessarily equip you to lead. And not feeling equipped leads you to feeling more stress and burnout. You just need to learn the right proactive tools to get ahead of the daily fires you always seem to be fighting in leadership. And I've put together a leadership checklist that I use to help you have the tools you need to focus on and take critical action in the most essential areas of leadership. If you follow this checklist, you'll conquer leadership in these four areas, the head or mindset, the heart or relationships, the hands or execution, and the guts or accountability. Click on the link in the show notes or go to leadershipontherocks.com slash checklist to get your free leadership checklist so that you can post it on your wall and reference it often. Be encouraged, friend, and know that you are leading for such a time as this. Again, click on the link in the show notes or go to leadershipontherocks.com slash checklist to get your free leadership checklist. Did you catch that? Your first few months in your new role will determine whether or not you survive or fail. And if you happen to survive, then that will determine how successful you'll be. If you get into trouble early in your leadership role, downward spirals are extremely hard to reverse. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're gonna learn about the last two of the four specific checkpoints you need to use to plan your transition into a leadership role. Welcome back to part two of how to transition into a new leadership role. Planning for your transition into a leadership role is one of the absolute most critical actions you can do to ensure you're starting your leadership journey on the right path. As you transition into any leadership role, whether it's leading a team, a department, or an entire organization, you probably already have amazing ideas that you're ready to implement before you even step foot into that official role. But you need to have an intentional plan on how you're going to join the current team and the work they've already been doing. So that's why we're walking through the four specific and intentional checkpoints that you need to use to plan your transition into a new leadership role. So in the last episode, we covered part one of the first two checkpoints. So let me recap what those were. Checkpoint one was developing a mindset of a leader. And checkpoint two was making a great first impression. So let's quickly go over those so we can refresh your brains before we move on to checkpoints three and four. Checkpoint one, develop a mindset of a leader, is to guide you and protect you through the transition. And here are three ways you can do that. One, just become secure in your identity and purpose as a leader. Remind yourself daily of who you are and why you became a leader. Having deep roots in identity and purpose will keep you standing when the storms come. And remember, they will come. So prepare. The second one is to grow in your own emotional intelligence, to identify and manage your emotions in order to respond instead of to react to everything that's going to be coming your way. So slow your thinking and remind yourself to reframe your thoughts. Respond, don't react. A third thing to develop a leader mindset is to develop a routine that helps you to mentally wash off your workday so that you can be fully present at home. Don't bring the muck and the stress of your workday into your house. Now, the second part that we talked about as far as checkpoint two 
was to make a great first impression. People naturally fear the unknown. They build up huge stories in their minds about all the things that are going to happen. So they're fearing you. (laughs) You are what they fear because you are new. So you need to put their fears at ease by making a great first impression. And you could do three things when you think about your first impression. One, give off open and positive body language and nonverbal cues. Two, make your introduction speech content about them and also give it in an upbeat tone. And then three, don't make them wait. (laughs) Tell them what your first actions are going to be as a manager. So how are we feeling about checkpoints one and two? Are we feeling good, bad, and different? All right, think those through. Those are the first two things you need to do to transition into your new leadership role. Now, my advice to you is that no matter how confident you feel in transitioning into your new role, do not skip checkpoints one and two in preparing your own mind and thinking through your first impression. All right, they can bite you in the butt if you don't do them. (laughs) So your mindset is gonna be your filter for how you experience everything going forward. And your impressions can decide how accepting or closed off your team is gonna be to you. All right, so now let's move on to checkpoints three and four. Checkpoint three is relationships. Relationships are the bloodline to your culture, your team, and your organization. And relationships are the quickest way to poison or heal a work culture. And checkpoint four is implementing a transition plan into leadership, otherwise known as a 90-day plan, or stepping into your role with an intentional plan on how to play offense and defense and go for those quick wins. First up, checkpoint three, relationships. Checkpoint three is to build positive relationships with all of your stakeholders. Now, whenever I talk about stakeholders, what I mean is your team, your employees, your boss, your clients, or your customers, anybody who has a stake in your success. The relationships you build will determine the culture you have. And you've heard me say this over and over again on this podcast. Peter Drucker is right in that culture will eat strategy (laughs) every dang time. Your work culture will determine the success of any strategy you ever try to use. So know that being intentional and building a positive culture is done by laying individual relationship bricks with each stakeholder. It's relationship brick by relationship brick that a positive culture cathedral is built. Now, I wanna specifically speak to two different kinds of entry points of a transition into leadership here, because some of you may be promoted within your current organization and honestly already know many of your stakeholders. And others, (laughs) well, you're gonna be walking into an organization as a complete stranger. Now, both entry points come with pros and cons, so I strongly believe that we need to kinda quickly hash out these two varying entry points before we deep dive into relationship strategies and tactics. So first, let's talk about being promoted from the outside. Now, for those of you entering an organization as an external candidate, your entry point is gonna cling to the first impressions checkpoint that we talked about last episode. Because you're an unknown, a lot about your transition will hinge on the first impression. And once first impressions and opinions of your effectiveness are formed, they are very hard to change. Let me say that again. Once first impressions and opinions of your effectiveness are formed, they are very hard to change. So it's really important you make a great first impression. All right, so let's talk about being promoted in-house. 
Now, for those of you who are promoted within your organization, you may have a leg up on working knowledge of the group, but you also don't get a free pass on the first impressions either. You not only have to contend with first impressions in the role, but honestly, you have to contend with the historical impressions of you within the company. (laughs) But wait, there's more. I feel like an infomercial. You also have the challenge of a role change transition within a relationship. And a role change within any relationship has the potential to come with great conflict. I mean, just ask parents adjusting to the role changes when their kids transition from being a child to becoming an adult. (laughs) If the parents don't transition their role relationship from the ultimate authority to the trusted advisor, their relationship with their kid will have a ton of conflict. You can mark that one and put it in the bank every time. So... Understand that there is a huge difference in your stakeholders knowing, you know, how you were in your previous role and knowing how you're going to act and lead in your new role. So first, depending on how large or small your organization is, your new leader peers, right, the people that you're now leading with may or may not know who you are. For those that don't know you, I promise you, they're going to be asking their peers about you. So you're going to have some stories to either live up to or stories to overcome. But for those new leader peers, the ones that you're working with and the employees that do know you, understand that there's been a shift in the relationship dynamic that you now have to acclimate them to what they're going to see as the new you, meaning the you with the new title. Because the truth is now that your opinion at the table carries more weight than it used to. So you and your stakeholders will go through a time of transition to clearly see and respect each other in the new relationship role, whether it be from individual contributor to leader peer or coworker to boss. All right. So let's not forget those clients and customers as well who already know you. And now they may expect a little extra, you know, wink, wink, a little extra from you since you've gained that bigger title. So because there's so much to unpack in this specific type of promotion within an organization transition, especially for those of you who are going from friend and coworker to the boss transition, that alone deserves its own topic and its own episode. So I'm probably going to prepare one of those in the future to help you through that transition because there's all kinds of things that you have to sort through and communicate. And while yes, no matter what, you're always just going to be you, right? Your authentic self. Well, your authentic self as a leader of those that you're, you know, the ones that you're hanging out with and used to hearing your work frustrations, well, they no longer get access to the same level of information that you'll know and you'll become privy to. So like it or not, you're going to need to address the change in relationship roles in order to move them from being awkward to having clarity. Okay, so now that we've addressed the two entry points for transitioning into your new leadership role, let's talk about specific strategies you can use to build positive relationships with your stakeholders. And I want to remind you again, I always want to, how important relationships are. They are the bloodline to the culture of your team and organization, and it's the quickest way to poison or heal the culture. So if you're all for building a healthy culture, you have to start by building healthy relationships with people, all people, from employees to coworkers to leaders to bosses to stakeholders to clients to everybody. All right, so I want to share two strategies. And actually, I want to call them actions because they're more universal concepts that I believe are required or a must do in leadership. The first action 
is to simply make people a priority. Now, it sounds like a big, simple concept, but it requires action in the smallest of moments. Whether it's an employee appreciation or marriage anniversaries, (laughs) too often people think that grand gestures once in a while will make up for the day-to-day absence of their time and attention, and it just doesn't. Don't wait on the grand gesture to make everything okay. People want to be seen, heard, and valued. This is what creates their esteem or confirmation in knowing that they add value to their relationship or organization. So Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh, he's the one that cut off his ear, (laughs) is quoted as saying, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Now think about that. Now think about how beautiful a painting is and how it's created. Now, whether you're a brilliant artist like Van Gogh or more of a paint-by-number person like myself, (laughs) a beautiful painting is done one brushstroke at a time. And all too often, leaders try to use the biggest, broadest brush they can and paint everybody with it. That's the Employee Appreciation Day. Don't do that. Now, what I mean is, yes, of course, appreciate your employees and yes, celebrate that special week. But don't make that the only gesture you ever have in noticing your people or appreciating them. So if you really want to paint a positive work culture, then focus on making people a priority in the small moments of the work week. That's how you need to work. Like I said earlier, all people want to feel seen, heard, and valued. So remember, you have to be intentional in focusing on leading people and not managing tasks. Again, managers focus on tasks. Leaders focus on people. So be proactive and reach out to your stakeholders. Do not wait on an invitation from them. Always be the first to extend a hand of welcome and hospitality, even if you're the new guy or girl. Now, I want to share two specific tactics that are a great way to make time for people you serve. One, and (laughs) now this might seem to be cutting edge, but hear me out. Just have a conversation with them. Y'all, forgive my sarcasm, but I am convinced that people don't talk anymore. And by golly, just talk. Have a conversation. Make sure your calendar reflects time seeing, hearing, and valuing stakeholders. Schedule one-on-ones. Host a conversation or schedule a happy hour, spending time with people and getting to know their whole self by letting people share about their families and hobbies and life outside of work. This one is huge. Make a phone call instead of sending that email. Or better yet, get up out of your chair, walk down and have that conversation with the person. And guess what? The number one preventer of drama at work (laughs) is to talk to people. So instead of listening to or allowing gossip or hearsay in the office, just go have a conversation with that person, you know, without any premeditated assumptions either. By making sure your stakeholders feel seen, heard, and valued, You're providing them emotional safety to move forward in the relationship and pouring into their esteem and confirmation that they add value. Now, a second tactic to make people a priority is to learn about their personality type as just a general assessment of the way that they think or work so you can better meet their needs. When you come to know people's work needs and motivations, you can proactively meet them, and that's great. Now, a second action or move to make people a priority is just to become a better communicator. (laughs) The number one cause of drama, again, drama and conflict is a lack of communication. People will assume your intent 
And they're going to make up all kinds of stories about you. And you likewise are going to make up stories about them, your stakeholders, right? So to build positive relationships, become a better communicator so that there are fewer and smaller gaps of understanding between you and your stakeholders. This means that you don't need to wait on your stakeholders to reach out to you. Go to them first. Ask questions, listen, and take good notes. Communicate with your supervisor to find out what his or her expectations are for you and the team. Don't assume that they're naturally just going to tell you. Ask. Communicate with your team members individually to assess for streamlined systems and processes and take the temperature of the climate so that you can piece together the bigger picture of what the team culture actually is. Communicate with clients and customers to gather feedback about performance from their point of view. Good communicators check their ego by listening before they respond. And their communication always, 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 always provides clarity in the right way at the right time, and it fosters conversation. At work, so much of your employees' frustrations come from not feeling successful. And it's usually because there's a lack of clarity in what's expected of them. People need to know clear expectations so that they can be successful or have that esteem and meeting those expectations. So be intentional as you transition into your new role to communicate well and communicate often. So you can go back to episode number 19 for more direct guidance on how to be a better communicator. There's tons of tips there. So let's recap up to checkpoint three and how to transition into your new leadership role. Checkpoint one, develop a mindset of a leader. Checkpoint two, make a great first impression. Checkpoint three is to build positive relationships with your stakeholders. The relationships you build will determine the culture you have and culture will eat strategy every time. So in checkpoint three of relationships, we discussed how your entry point into relationships may differ based on whether you're an internal or external hire. So pay attention to your entry point, but also know that no matter what your entry point is, there's still two actions you need to take. One, make people a priority by focusing and even scheduling time to make sure that you see, hear, and value your stakeholders. And two, become a better communicator. All right, now we're going to look at checkpoint four in transitioning into your new leadership role. Checkpoint four is all about creating your new leader transition plan. It's a way of being proactive and intentional by creating a work plan for your first three months in the new role. Now, this new leadership transition plan is commonly known by professionals as your 90-day plan for your new role. And it is so important because here's the truth. Oh man, the first few months in a leadership role, most people just quote, wing it. And I say that with disbelief because if there is ever a time in your career where you shouldn't wing it, (laughs) it's the first few months in a new role. In fact, the first 90 days author, Michael Watkins says, quote, the action you take during your first few months in a new role will largely determine whether you succeed or fail. And for every leader who fails outright, there are many other leaders who survive, but don't realize their full potential. Did you catch that? Your first few months in your new role will determine whether you survive or fail. And if you happen to survive, then it'll determine how successful you'll be. Now, if you get into trouble early in your leadership role, downward spirals are extremely hard to reverse. Yikes! (laughs) 
So let's get into the overall concept of what a new leader transition or 90-day plan is and how to think through one, because you definitely need one. So a 90-day plan is really just a document that helps you set goals and strategize your first three months in the job. So in other words, it's your on-ramp to the fast and furious highway that your team is already driving on. Right, you can't get on a freeway going 20 miles an hour. It just doesn't work. You got to speed up to be able to join the traffic where they're at. Now, as a quick aside, you can do a 30, 60, or 90-day plan. With the first 30 days, it's all about the transition. The next 30, known as the 60, is more about immersion. And the last 30, or the 90 days, is about reshaping. But in reality, whether you call it a 30, 60, 90, or just a 90-day plan or a new leader transition plan, the title the title of what you call it is really about as important as the decision between, say, a pecan or pecan. It doesn't really matter what you call it. Just have it in the pie that you're serving, right? The point is to be proactive and intentional in planning your first three months on the job. So I'm going to go over the general concept of a leader transition or 90-day plan, And I now have to reveal my secret. There's something I've been keeping from you. (laughs) Checkpoints one through three are technically part of your transition plan. But now let me tell you why I broke them out into their own checkpoints. It's because I've been around the block a time or two with leaders and organizations. And y'all, most people go straight to the to-do lists of meetings, reports, and goals, and they skip over the whole concept of self and relationships. And if you skip over putting in the work of self and relationships, you're going to be what Watkins said in his quote, others who survive but don't realize their full potential. So now let me walk you through the Leadership on the Rocks version of the new leader transition plan or the 90-day plan. Step one, you got to get equipped. (laughs) Step one is to get equipped by identifying and learning to utilize the most essential information, skills, and tools that you're gonna need for success in the role. And there's usually four ways to do that. So here are the four ways from Leadership on the Rocks. Number one, define your key leadership tenets or principles, what's gonna guide your leadership. That's the checkpoint one, right? It's the identity, the purpose, the reframing statements. What's gonna guide your leadership? Define those. Number two, broaden your perspective. You need now, because you're in leadership, a wider lens to see a bigger picture than you're used to. Your horizon when you get a promotion has just broadened. (laughs) It has broadened to encompass a much wider set of issues and decisions. So you need to gain and then sustain a high level perspective in your new role. So strike the balance between keeping that wide view and then being able to drill down into the details. Always ask, you know, how is this decision going to scale? How's it going to grow? All right, number three. Make a great first impression. That's checkpoint two, if you remember. Because once first impressions and opinions of your effectiveness are formed, they are very hard to change. Number four, accelerate your learning. Research, read, watch, listen, and ask questions to accelerate your understanding of leadership and your business. Learn to see the small details to bring everything into focus, And then you also need to see the big picture. It's like being at the eye doctor. You know those little machines where they show you duplications and he keeps turning it until you see only one object? That's what you need to do in leadership. Keep turning that dial until you finally have clarity. So learn to see parts into a whole 
and learn to see the whole, the big picture into parts. See the systems, the processes, the procedures, and see the people within each layer. All right, step two or section two of your 90-day plan is where you become empowered or you find your purpose as a leader within the team and you develop a sense of urgency to act because you now know how, where, and who to lead. And there's four ways that you could be empowered in your transition to your new leadership role. Number one, build positive relationships with all team members and stakeholders. That's checkpoint three, remember? (laughs) The reality is, that most people want to know how much you care before they ever care how much you know. And people only want to work with people they know, like, trust, and respect. All right, number two is assess the internal and external challenges that you and your team are facing. You're always fighting internal and external challenges. So you need to identify them and then assess how much they negatively impact your road to success. Number three, Identify desired outcomes and key partners. So after you've assessed those internal and external challenges, you need to decide on what your desired outcome actually is. And there could be many of them. So I should say desired outcomes really are. So brain dump a list of your desired outcomes to help you get started and then categorize them. Put them in categories. Those categories should highlight who your key partners are that you need to be reaching out to to help you with those desired outcomes. All right, number four, prioritize goals and strategize your approach. Now, this is a huge step right in the middle of your whole plan. After you look at your list of desired outcomes, remind yourself that you want to avoid the avalanche of reality and the valley of overwhelm that we've already talked about. So tell yourself this phrase, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Let me say that again. The best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So now you need to prioritize those goals. They can't all be your first priority. You have to prioritize them. And after they're prioritized, now develop a strategy for your approach in accomplishing them. All right, step three or section three of your transition plan or 90-day plan is to make an impact. We got to do something, right? You need to become the catalyst for positive change. And guess what? There are four ways to do this. So one, build momentum by getting quick wins. After building relationships and talking to your team, chances are you're going to know their pain points. So look for those low-hanging fruits. You know those nagging and annoying little problems that you can easily get rid of? Again, chances are your team is doing some stupid busy work that the old boss could have easily gotten rid of, just didn't. So you do it. Think, what can I eliminate, automate, and delegate to get that quick win and build momentum with the influence within your team? Number two, get buy-in for your vision, mission, and your next steps, your plan. You're really not a leader if you're going along your plan and you look behind and nobody's following you. (laughs) That's not a leader. So now that you've prioritized your goals and your strategy, you need to sell it and sell it well. Cast that vision of what the future will look like when your people buy into your plan. Talk about the why behind the what so that people know the bigger purpose and clearly communicate the directions on how the team is going to get there. Number three, execute, assess, refine, and sustain. Once you and your team start executing and making moves, don't set it and forget it (laughs) with your plan. You have to continually assess and refine the plan 
so that you can ensure sustainability with success. All right, number four, structure for expansion. Once you start reaching your desired outcomes, never just sit there and rest on your laurels. (laughs) There's always going to be room for expansion and growth. So you need to start structuring a system that will support the expansion or scaling. So equip, empower, impact. That's the new leader transition plan. Those are the three sections that you need to work through as you transition into your new role. And as you work through those three steps, guess what? Wash, rinse, and repeat. (laughs) This format, and honestly, you could even call it a 12-step program, (laughs) is an upward spiral to sustaining success of making a continued positive impact. And that's what you want as a leader. Now, new leaders, I especially want you to hear me on this. And gosh, even feel free to repeat after me. I'm never done learning and growing. So say it again and say it like you mean it. (laughs) I'm never done learning and growing. So no matter your role now, five years from now, or even at your retirement, there will always be new skills to learn. So be equipped. There will always be new challenges to tackle. So be empowered. And there's always going to be better refined strategies to execute. So go make an impact. In the end, I want to remind you on how having a transition plan or that 90-day plan can separate leaders from managers. First, by the sheer focus on people over tasks, but also because managers, they take on a new role. And honestly, they continue chopping down trees along the same path the team has always been going down. And leaders are willing to climb to the top of the trees and tell the team, hey guys, you're chopping trees in the wrong forest. So assess the team, assess the path, assess the culture, and then communicate which way the team needs to go and why. So to recap checkpoint four of transitioning into a new leadership role, step one is to get equipped by identifying and learning to utilize the most essential information, skills, and tools needed for success within the role. And there's four ways to be equipped. One, define your key leadership tenets or principles. Two, broaden your perspective. Three, make a great first impression. Four, accelerate your learning. All right, part two or step two is to become empowered or find your purpose as a leader within the team and develop a sense of urgency to act because you now know how, where, and who to lead. And there's four ways to be empowered. One, build positive relationships with all of your team members and stakeholders. Two, assess internal and external challenges. Three, identify desired outcomes and key partners. And four, prioritize goals and strategize your approach. All right, step three or part three, section three of the 90-day plan or transition plan is to make an impact or become the catalyst for positive change. And there's four ways to do this as well. One, build momentum by getting quick wins. Two, get buy-in for your vision, mission, and next steps. Three, execute, assess, refine, sustain. And number four, structure for expansion. Now, to recap all the specific and intentional checkpoints that you need to use to plan your transition into your new leadership role, checkpoint one, develop the leader mindset. Checkpoint two, make a great first impression. Checkpoint three is to build positive relationships with your stakeholders. You know, the relationships determine the culture and the culture will eat your strategy. (laughs) I have to say that a million times because I want you to get that. And checkpoint four, is to create that new leadership transition plan, otherwise known as the 90-day plan. Now, I know that I threw a ton of information at you, 
But no matter what, I hope you know in the depths of your heart and soul that you were made to lead for such a time as this. And I want to remind you that you don't have to transition into leadership alone. This is why I created the Leadership on the Rocks Survival Guide course. It's not only going to help you survive your transition into leadership or your new role, but it will quickly accelerate you to thriving in your new role. In my Survival Guide course, I really go into more depth on the strategies and specific tactics that you need to use to become the leader everybody wants to work for. So I'm going to give you not only the specific tactics, but I'm going to give you the templates that you can use at work literally tomorrow. You could use them tomorrow. I'll give you the leader transition plan template, that 90-day plan. I'll give you the template. And those quick win tactics, yeah, I'll tell you how you can get some quick wins by stopping those daily fires that you always seem to be fighting and even show you how to prevent them from starting in the first place. So to enroll in the course, please go to my website, leadershipontherocks.com slash survival guide. Again, that's leadershipontherocks.com slash survival guide. The link is also in the show notes. So if you want more of a step-by-step approach to leadership, enroll in my survival guide course today at leadershipontherocks.com slash survival guide. Until next time, y'all continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand.